everybody it's the ordinary joe show and i'm pretty sure if i if i'm not famous already i will be after this next guest i'm super excited to bring you <laughs> the lovely and talented the amazing chuck fefchuck who chuck and i have been friends for about 45 years i think but we're only 25 years yeah so it really hasn't been that long it hasn't been that long <laughs> We're still in the prime, prime of our youth, and uh, I'm super excited uh, to share this podcast with everybody. Uh, Chuck and I have been shooting the shit here on Zoom here for a few minutes, and, and I was just explaining to him that the one thing that I love about this uh, Ordinary Joe show is that uh, this just gives me a chance to shoot the shit with regular people who are doing really, really cool things, and like I said to Chuck, doing things that make their bum tingle, light their bum on fire, and and really just jazz them up which is what life is all about and if you're not out there doing the shit that makes your bum tingle go out and do it uh because life is short so without further ado thanks chuck for being on my little show i really appreciate it man thanks for inviting me i, <laughs> I when you started doing this i thought oh, that's a cool thing because it's just an ordinary joe doing really cool shit <laughs> and so i get to be a part of the cool stuff you you are always part of the cool stuff for sure for sure yeah and it's been like a million years since we've talked so if anything this is just a good time for us to to catch up holy shit catch up and visit yeah it's been Uh, a minute yeah i I was i think the last time would have been i was living in verdon and i moved from there in the late 90s but you had moved from there long before that yeah that's right so a lot has happened so guys again you know if you need to get snacks this might be a netflix flick series in itself just catching up jeepers yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we did theater together you and i we did we did and we did we we did a scene in the legion and verdon where we were reading menus that's Uh, right the heck was it and and izzy was in that too she might have been the waitress actually no 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 she she i wonder if she was in a different one there were two plays that night there were that's right yeah and wasn't oh no the the guy franco Franco was the 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 waiter in ours. Jean Belleveau, hockey puck. Yeah, he remind he reminded me of one that we did in Verdun. Do you were you in June Groom? No. He and I were, but I had forgotten all about it. Like okay. It was, it was that, and that was years ago. He told me that via via Facebook Messenger. Yeah, we've done a lot of. When you directed Little Shop. Yes. I was sounding lights. That's right. Tracy and I were talking about that because she helped you. She did. Yeah. That's actually where I met Tracy. That's right. That's right. So talk to us, Chuck, a little bit about like you've been in theater for a million years. So when did you get your start and your love for it? And and yeah, tell us about your journey into just performing in theater. Wow. Um, well, it was a Monday night. In, in, <laughs> in that, it, it was a Monday night. And I, I'll, tell, I'll explain that why I know that. We we were, I I would have been nineteen. I would say nineteen years of age. And you used to live out by Cromer. You yeah. remember the Blue Palace? The Blue Palace. It was just south of town, a little blue house. Anyways, we would go there every Monday night. We played Trivial Pursuit, like oh, the okay. original Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, yeah. And and drink a barrel of beer each. And uh, it was right. And, and in the summertime, we'd play slow pitch first. Yeah. Because we had a, a Cromer slow pitch league that we played. 
and then we would still we'd only drink three quarters of a barrel in the in that time I because know. we drank we drank a third of a barrel uh at the slow pitch field right right <laughs> so my friend henry it was it was getting late on the monday night and the game wasn't done yet and my friend and i said well you know what i'm not doing anything tomorrow night why don't the three of us come out and we'll finish this game and my friend henry said i can't i got a theater rehearsal i went what and i called him something in the vernacular of the times that is politically incorrect so i won't say it <laughs> I, I questioned his sexuality can i say <laughs> but it was okay to say that back then right and and he looked at me and he says well you couldn't do it challenge accepted yes fucking rights can sure can uh he said well we're looking for a we're, we need a role filled so come to the odd theater tomorrow night yeah and that's where i met uh Colin Campbell, Patty Yates, Dennis Yates, right? Uh, Chuck Dunning was there. It was, and I got this role as Lieutenant Goddard in a play called uh, something I can't remember. Uh, and I, it was just freakingly good. Yes, freakingly good. Um, Barry Stewart played the lead. Okay, and he was amazing because. Yeah. Barry Stewart is amazing when he's on stage. Henry bailed, by the way. Uh, and I guess from there on, I just got hooked. I loved the thrill of going out there and and doing something where you get one chance. There's no net. So yeah, you might fall off the trapeze. But what a rush when you don't. <laughs> anything can happen on the stage when it's live. Like anything can happen. And that's a super rush. Well, it can be it's super <laughs> scary at the yeah. moment that it happens. That's right. Uh, but when, okay, 10 fingers. Yeah. Nobody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was a rush. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. That's excellent. So where did you go from there? So did, was it community theater in Verdon that you did? Yeah. I'm... If, if you remember the, the odd had been um, condemned for mm -hmm. quite a while. Yeah. And the Verdon Dramatic Society, as it were, had folded while it was was done. And Patty Yates, uh, along with a few others, uh, Doreen Bond was in that mix, Laura Wright was in that mix. Um, they decided that they wanted to get this thing going after the renovations and the, and the, the condemning was lifted. So they called themselves the Phoenix Players. Right, right, you know, right. Rising from, rising from the ashes of yeah. the ruins of the Odd Theater. Uh, but in, we also joked about the fact that, you know, Verdant Dramatic Society is the VDs. So we really <laughs> didn't want to be that. <laughs> so the, we're showing the, a side of syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy with gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 the Phoenix players still actually exist in Verdun. I went and saw a play okay. uh, done by the Phoenix players. Yeah. A thousand years. So it's kind of cool to be a charter member of a group that is still going. That's right. Uh, and and I fell in love with, with the theater. Yeah. But I fell in love with the theater, like the odd. Yes. What the a great odd place. is, um, it's a brilliant place. And it has, you know, and the nice thing about it, it has the original seats from the turn of the century, I think. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, they're they're hard. There's a big fundraiser on to 
redo the seats. Uh, I went and saw my niece there last fall and uh, it, it was brutal. It was two act play. And if I had had a second to ask, I think it would have went square on me as well. It was just, <laughs> we had a, we had a tough time, Yeah, but the venue itself, you know, with the red velvet loges and the stamped copper ceiling and, and anyone that, I don't know, it's kind of like the Burt, wouldn't you say? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, there's something it's really all special. The same to it. vintage. Yeah, uh, Bert is bigger, but not hugely bigger. It is it is the balcony, especially in the Bert. Is, yeah, is holds more people. But that I fell in love with that place. Um, oh yeah. I ended up going to Russell. Do you remember Alex Aiken? He was no. a lawyer in Burden. No. He was a big, tall Scotch guy. Oh, okay. terrific accent. Oh, he did. <laughs> Anyways, um, he had done a play just before I moved to Russell called The King. Uh, and and there was, uh, Kathy McDougal was in it. Keith Loudon was in it. Okay. Kirk Campbell. Remember Kirk the Cop? We used to call him Perkins. No. He was in it. Okay. Anyways, it was, it was the story of the crucifixion, but told from Pontius Pilate's point of view. Okay. In, 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 you know, the trial and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately the confession that he wheedled out of Christ. Um, so that was kind of cool. I got to meet Alex and we took that to a uh, an act fest in Winnipeg and had a terrific adjudication and, and uh, Colin Campbell was playing Christ. Uh, the first time I'd seen anyone physically cry on stage was at wow. the act fest. Holy. He, he, because I was pilot. I know, big surprise, but <laughs> <laughs> I've actually played pilot in five different different plays. Huh? Um, so anyways, he was questioning Colin into the nature of the questioning that pilot was giving him. And you just, I didn't buy any of that. I didn't buy the fact that you were, you know, knowledgeable of what was about to happen and yet, and accepting it, but it was really tearing you apart emotionally. And he did a whole lot of, Q&A with Colin and then he just looked at me and says pilot feed him that line in the last page of the of the scene so I started feeding him lines and when we got to the to the to the point where it was really tearing Christ apart Colin literally started blubbering wow like blub, 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 blub. And, I, and, and I as pilot had one line so be it my friend you have confessed and I signed the paper and the lights go down and holy crap yeah. I mean, goosebumps this yeah. big. Like, yeah. never had seen that uh, emotion. Fast forward a couple of years. I've moved from Verdon. I've become the chicken man. That's right. I'm, which I... I'm, living, I'm living, yeah, that was, you know, one of those things. Uh, I was living in Russell. And lo and behold, who do I run into in the grocery store after about seven or eight months but Alex Aiken? Yeah. Who had moved his practice from Verdon to Russell. And... He still wanted to do theater. So between the two, us two and a couple of other guys, um, we formed a, a little club. We didn't do, we we did one full play, but he would write stuff. Oh yeah, cool. And, and we would do it. Yeah. And he, we would have an evening of whatever, uh, a little skit and 25, 30 minutes. And then we'd have a dancer maybe. And then he'd come out with his accordion. Uh, and we did a whole thing on John A. McDonald. Okay. He played he played John A. McDonald behind a scrim on okay. stage in a yeah. rocking chair. Yeah. yeah. 
then when I moved back to Verdon, I don't think we may have, that's maybe where June Groom came in with Franco. And that's when you and I would have done our stuff is after right. I moved back from Russell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually that it was Russell and then I moved to Thompson and then I moved back to Russell and then back home. Yeah. So there wasn't, nobody wanted to direct because of the enormity of the job. You were teaching high school at the time. So you directed a uh, little shot. That's right. That was a pile um, of fun. And it was a great show. And as it, as it so happens in 2018, I directed little shot. Oh yeah. And thought of you quite a bit. Right on. Thought of you yeah. quite a, bit. a lot of, a lot of these scenes were set up the way you had set them up because oh, okay. it was easy for my Polish brain to figure out. <laughs> um, when I moved down here, which would have been 98, I hadn't done a show in quite some time. And I, I I got the paper one day and I was reading in in the, in the back towards the back and somebody in um, the Flatlands Theater in Winkler had done uh, The Importance of Being Earnest, which was also a show that we did with the original Phoenix Players way back in the day. Okay, yeah. Um, and I thought, gee whiz, I would have liked to have seen that. So... Then I was working in Morden and I ended up living in Darlingford. I moved in with a, with a partner there and uh, we were, she, and she said like, you don't have time to do theater, even though I talked about it an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, when that ended and I moved to Manitou in 2005, about a year went by thereabouts. And I'd heard that there was going to be a dinner theater in the Manitou bar. Okay, well, I wouldn't mind going to see that. So as, as it happened, I was getting coffee at the gas station on my way to work. And I recognized uh, a friend of mine. And I knew that he would have been was involved with this dinner theater. So I said, hey, Hack, you, any tickets left for that dinner theater? He said, yeah. I says, great. Set me, set me one aside because I'm going to come. And I got my coffee. I paid for it. And if you're ever doing anything like that again and you're looking for somebody, give me a show. You do theater. I haven't done it in a long, long time. But yeah. I really like that. That was on a Wednesday because on Thursday I got a phone call. And it, was, it was Richard Clausen. He says, I'm Richard Clausen. You were speaking with uh, Daryl Hackle. And I said, oh, you probably want a visa number for that ticket. No, actually, Daryl said that if you'd be interested in doing something with us. if, if oh, I said, yeah. He says, well, it just so happens there's four of us in during this dinner theater and one of them dropped out. Do you want to take it? I went, oh, Sure. Yeah. He says, it's, it's not fancy or anything like that. It's, it's, there's some improv and I says, when is it? Um, well, it's tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> tomorrow. No pressure. <laughs> well, I said, well, he says, and it's lots of improv. There is one scene that requires a little bit of memorization, but <laughs> just kind of playing it by ear. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, holy crap. Yeah, so no. we met at Hack, Daryl Hackalt is his name. We met at Hack's house that night. It, it, I met him and I met Richard and I met another fellow, Robert Dell, and we were the shaven apes. <laughs> and we did, Rob and I did a complete pantomime sketch. Uh, and then the, uh, a couple of guys did, Hack and Richard did the Abbott and Costello sketch. And we did a, 
whose line is it anyway scenes okay. from that where the yeah. audience fills out crap yeah so i had to pretend i was drowning in shaving cream and i had to talk like bubbles oh yeah I, but i can do that pretty good yeah um and then we did the scene where the uh, blue collar humor jeff foxworthy and the gang okay yeah uh they did the thing about well their decks you know, they're barbecue and they're talking oh. about their decks. My dick got soft on me. I don't yeah. know what. Um, <laughs> and and that just kind of was a lot of fun. Yeah. And because we were doing blue collar humor, there was literally a, a case of Budweiser on the on the stage in a cooler. <laughs> so I drank four beers. <laughs> which was fun. Never done that before. That loosens things or up. Or since, mind you. <laughs> I got a call from Richard, oh, that summer. And they were doing a comedy version of MASH, kind of taking little tidbits from all the episodes and making up. But it was a traveling show and I was working and I just said, you know, I, I can't. So it was the following spring that he contacted me about uh, Les Miserables, that he needed somebody to play Javert. Yeah. And as it turned out, the show was at the Passion Play site uh, in La Riviere. Oh, wow. They they have had a Passion Play that Richard was intrinsic in acquiring the land, building the stage and the set, and, and forming this club that I, I think they've done it more than 25 years. I've been to it once. It's quite good, but I know the ending, right? Right. So <laughs> <laughs> we did Les Miserables, not the musical, uh, the dramatic version, okay. on that stage. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it just it just morphed. Like Candlewick, who is Richard Clausen, does a summer show every year. Yeah. Um, so we've done musicals and we've done biblicals and we've done dramatic. Um, but we don't do them outside anymore. We do them at the Manitou Opera House, which is, yeah, Manitou. 808 people. It's got an opera house. I lived in a van in the Manitou ballpark for a summer a month well a month and then we moved to the, we upgraded to the hotel <laughs> what were you doing there was it manitou yeah i think it was pipelining we did a big pipelining oh, yeah. job down there and they told us at the time that we could we got 75 bucks a day for our living allowance and we could either you stay wherever we wanted or stay in the hotel and i cheaped out and tried to live in dad's van for for a while it was damn cold because it was just a bed. Yeah. So, yeah, Manitou's a good town. No, was it Manitou? It might have been because we also did a big... Manitou, the pipeline goes right past it. Yeah, and we did a big sleeping job down there too. We stayed in that hotel when it was brand new for, for quite a while. And Manitou? The Trappers? It beats the hell out of me. It's, it's like right on ago. Main Street. Yeah, right off the highway. I, I don't think it's Manitou then. Because Manitou's is down off the highway. Well, it's a little bit off, but like it's not that. Yeah, didn't see that. And the opera house right across the street. Years ago, okay. Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Manitou. Anyhow, I cut you off. No, that's what we're doing. We're shooting the shit. Shooting the shit. So yeah, from from we do we do it in uh, in the opera house. We've always done a Valentine's dinner theater. Fourteen straight years I was in it. This year, I was busy. So for the first time in 14 years, I got to sit and have supper and yeah. watch um, Pride and Prejudice. 
which I really wanted to be in because it's a great show. And I think I've seen the play a half a dozen times by various groups, like literally high school and, and, and middle school students doing it because Richard teaches classes. We go to the Kenmore theater. You might've stayed in Morden if the, if the hotel was right on the highway. Well, we stayed in both. We did a big sleeping project. So we stayed in every town. Yeah. I've worked the pipeline. I, I used to, before I moved down here, okay. I was working 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. in my little red Chevy Cavalier. Okay. Guarding the right away. Oh, we did that too. We did that too. <laughs> no cell phones. Yeah. That's uh, right. <laughs> no cell phones. No, no, no two way radios. That's no right. guns to shoot somebody that's planning on stealing that generator. <laughs> well, you're way bigger than me, sir. So. I don't see you <laughs> That's right. getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to sit yeah. in your car, smoke cigarettes and drink coffee all night. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I'm glad I got the job in work because another six months of that, I'd probably be crazy. <laughs> Crazier. More than yeah, a nice town. Crazier. Yeah. I'll give you that. So anyways, yeah, I, I, through the years I've done a lot of Candlewick shows and I've also done, uh, uh, quite a few flatlands out of Winkler. Um, flatlands uh, has a home base of, of an, it's an old church. And they call it the PWN's Hall. Uh, it's gorgeously uh, renovated and decorated and it's beautiful, um, but it has some weird uh, acoustical quirks that will surprise echoes that you get if you're on a certain spot on the stage. Whereas the opera house is just like the audience. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you yeah. can hear a pin drop in that place. Yeah, every room we do a lot of musicals there, so so I've even done a couple. Um, and and people that are singers love the opera house. Oh, yeah, every, like uh, Aaron Clausen, who is like one of our musical directors and, and a wonderful actor and a fantastic singer. Um, says every every wall, every room in the building is acoustically fantastic yeah she's going down stairways little narrow stairways in the back and singing her brains out it just sounds so good yeah yeah doesn't sound that good when i do it but it sounds pretty good when she does <laughs> so yeah I, I i got to know the inner workings i guess uh of, of both uh richard has used me quite a bit um as an as a, an assistant director a character director so that basically means he's looking after the dialogue and the big picture up front with the two people that are supposed to be heard or being heard. Yeah. And I'm running around at rehearsals, uh, giving little tasks to the people that need to be doing something in the background. So it looks legit. Right. Right. Which that's how I watch plays now. Yeah. Cause it all, watch, it all has to flow. Right. Right. I, it, what's going on back there. What's yeah. she doing? What's he yeah. got over there? Yeah. And, and with the nice thing about today's television, what's he got? pause rewind oh okay it makes it all believable well and it, it you know you, you never ever think of that until you're kind of half-assed responsible for it and then okay well what are other guys doing mm -hmm. because how do we learn we always learn from other people except how hot the stove element is yeah that we can figure out on our <laughs> it, it only takes once <laughs> most most people yeah, hopefully <laughs> There's there's some slow studies out there. Fair enough. So, fair but enough. yeah, I didn't get to do the Valentine's Day dinner theater because I was 
making a TV show. Yes. So it's let's still bizarre to even think about that. That, yeah, making a TV show. So how the hell did that even transpire? One of the people that I met through Flatlands, and I've done a whack of plays with her and her husband and their two kids, and I've I've directed one of her kids in a show as well. Tina Fair Kaler, um, extremely talented, fluent English, and really fluent in Low German. Like she is a Low German speaking person. Wow. Um, January of 22, I got a text that she roundabout said, I'm writing a script. And every time the father speaks, I hear your voice. Yeah. Ha ha ha, that poor bugger. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then I realized or found out through, you know, just advertising and Facebook and whatnot that they're doing this TV pro uh, sitcom. Yeah. Maria and the Meadows. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Got a text. Would you would you audition? Well, it's 10 weeks. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got a mortgage. 10 weeks, I got to work. Um, so I said, no, I can't. Um, and besides which, I'm not a Mennonite. Because the guy playing Hank was Mennonite. Yeah. No, but uh, it, I don't speak low German. I said little tidbits of low German. Well, no, no, no. It's mostly English, but there's going to be low German expressions. I've heard you use them all the time, uh -huh. which I do. Yeah. I, I I use a lot of I speak Winklish. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Winklish. <laughs> I coined that. I like so, it. Um the summer went by. I was busy because we were doing fiddler on the roof. And I was in the background going, do this, do that. Yeah. And learning lyrics and and missing notes backstage and as you're supposed to be singing as a chorus, but had a great time doing fiddler on the roof. The summer rolled off and my girlfriend, Erin, um, that's how I met her, met her uh, doing theater. So kindred spirits, to yes. say the least. Yes. Um, she wanted to be in Murder on the Orient Express, which the Flatlands Theater Company was doing in, in the fall. And I said, go do it. Yeah. Like, after all, you haven't seen me for June and July because I've been busy with this. So you deserve to do something on stage. Go and kill it. I'll look after what needs to be looked after if yeah. kids need to be hauled here and there, whatever. So she went and got into that, involved in that. And I hadn't, there was a second casting call in the meantime, and I just totally ignored it. Um, then I got actually called in to play a role because somebody had backed out of Orient on the Murder on the Orient Express. So we did the show. Tina happened to come to one of the shows and blah 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 visit 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 that was great she was there on opening night on the friday i was at the theater i got most of my costume on i had some of my makeup done i needed to get the rest of my hair done and then i was going to put them i was scrolling in the green room yeah. and i saw tina and hey thanks for coming last night great to see you blah 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 hey did you ever cast that guy and she was no we haven't been able to yet there's been a couple of guys audition but why don't you just come and and talk I says, well, she says, Bing, I just sent you some sheets. Read it, record it, and send it to me. Oh, I love it. Excellent. Okay, so I, I read with Aaron in this kitchen at this table <laughs> um, and sent it. She says, what the heck is this all about? And I says, it's, it's about nothing. 
It's about they want to hear my voice because she's got this idea that I could be in this sitcom, but don't worry about it. We went and did the show that said nothing. By this time, I've already confirmed the fact that the Valentine's Day dinner theater is going to be Pride and Prejudice. And knowing that, there's a, a lady named Patsy Penner. I met her on theater. She wants to play Mrs. Bennett. And I want to play Mr. Bennett because that's the roles that we played when we met each other. And we were excited about it. Yeah. Sunday, I get a message. Can you come in for an audition today? Well, no, I got Sunday to do. Well, can you, I can come tomorrow. Okay, Monday, four o'clock, come in for an audition. So she's heard the things and she, and she wants an audition. Part of me was, what? But most of me was saying, she's being kind. She's my friend and, you know, she's just being kind. And Tina is a very kind person. So I told Aaron, this is what was going to happen. And okay. So I, I drove in Monday uh went to the Fort Gary Mennonite Church, uh, met a guy who I had met before uh, once uh, in another uh, short film that I had helped Tina make, did my audition, read these sheets. He says, do you have, okay, so you've got all the memorizing done? I uh, wasn't told that I had to memorize anything. And I am absolutely the worst audition ever. I don't memorize shit. I yeah. can memorize shit, but I, I don't go in there and have a monologue prepared. Oh, yeah. Right. The first time I was asked of me, I said, well, I could talk about myself for 5, 10, 20 minutes if that's what you want. But, you know, I don't have a prepared, memorized monologue. Yeah. Uh, can you memorize? Heck yeah. Okay. Did the audition. Uh, met met the, one of the directors, Paul. He's also one of the writers and co-creators alongside Tina. He was like just deadpan. I'm reading with this lady. No idea who this lady is. Turns out this is the lady that's playing Sarah, my wife. This okay. is Erna. Yeah. But I didn't know her. Yeah. I'm just, we're reading off the same script because she didn't have it memorized either. <laughs> um, 20 minutes and Paul said, okay, thanks for coming. That was it. <laughs> Do you know, I just drove like, you know, damn near 90 minutes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. back in my car, was using CarPlay and texting back to Aaron. Uh, well, that was the quickest 20 minutes of my life. And, uh, it was a nice day for a drive at least, but I don't think he's interested. He, I think one of the other two guys at audition has caught his eye and he's paying lip service. Um, next morning at seven o'clock, I get an email. Yep. You're Hank. You're Hank <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. So I've already talked to Aaron about it. She's on board. Like she says, go like, if you get this part, why yeah, wouldn't you do it? You have to. Well, that's that's hurdle number one. Um, but I still need a 10-week leave of absence. Right, right. So I march in and say, I need a 10-week leave of absence. And and I I, 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 I guess I asked for it. I, I did, I, do I have a job on March 15th is what I said. <laughs> because I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. They would be pumped for you, though, hey? Well, a lot of people were pumped. My boss wasn't entirely pumped because you know yeah. it's a small dealership and 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 I've been there a long time and and other things go on. He's got two boys playing hockey. Yeah, and, and true. He's he's going to dealer meetings. Uh, one of which he had to cancel because I can't leave the place. Yeah, it's either him or I that are there. Yeah. So, anyways, I got the part and had no clue what I was in for. 
I was excited. Yeah. Uh, I told my family, my family was excited. It was all over Facebook. I was being asked to, you know, come and talk on the radio and yeah. yak about it. And the newspaper was calling me. And yeah. It was hot local news. Well, and people uh, are excited that you're, you're doing your dream, right? Like people. Well, are- and that's really, I mean, one of my sayings has been for years. How you doing Chuck? Living the dream. Living the dream. But like starting at the 1st of December, I really was. You were. Dream. Yeah. And um, that, that's inspiring as hell. We we did uh, Facebook uh, Zoom meetings and we did read throughs uh, all through the month of December. And January 3rd, I walked onto the set. Yeah. And where was that? The house in which the couple that lived in the house still lived in the house. Every Monday, we'd take over at eight o'clock in the morning, and we'd be out of there by sometime around five o'clock in the evening. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were there, and they just kind of made themselves scarce and and cordoned off some rooms that were just verboten. You 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 don't yeah. get to go in that room. Yeah, and we just respected it, right? Sure, sure. Um, I I had never been in the house. I'd seen pictures. Yeah, but I didn't know the size and I, I was really worried through all these read-throughs about the blocking yeah how because, do you do that and, and maybe you do do things differently when i get a script a and i we do a read-through at the night that we get scripts now i always race home that night and start highlighting because yeah. that's how big of a that's how big of a nerd I am. Oh no, I would be all into that. Yeah, it's a race. Actually, oh. there's a few of us that race, <laughs> and we're taking pictures. I'm done. Yeah, but I have a longer drive home. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I I would take that script to the play that we were doing, and I would have it in my hand and read, and we would block these scenes, and you'd make notes in the margin. Yeah. And. That's how you would do the entire script at least once, twice, with the script in your hand. Yeah. Once, and I, the way it works for me is I, I I will highlight so I can visually see my lines much easier. That just makes sense. There are people out there that don't highlight. I don't know how. I would never function. What's wrong with them? There's just no way I could do that. I'm not sure we could be but friends with those. I, I, I don't, they're not friendlies. <laughs> So you got the script, you're learning the block and you're making the notes and you go through that a few times. And then when you're at home and practicing, because practicing and rehearsal is not the same thing, you go home and you practice and then you bring your ass to rehearsal somewhat readier than what you were the last time. Right. That's, that's just, it's unwritten rule, but if it isn't written, it should be. Yeah. From there, you start to memorize mostly at home. In my case, Outside in the garage, smoking continuously and pacing a hole in the concrete. <laughs> it's awful. Um, then, then you lose the script. Now you've got the blocking and you've got the talking. And now you work on character. Yeah. Right? What is well, what what are you doing in the background while this is going on? With this process and and this and the television show is exactly the opposite. We spent the month of December reading it. And 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 the comments were being written down. Well, I, you're feeling this way. You know, you're making character notes so that when you get to set, um, and all along I'm saying, we're missing blocking. You do character, then you do lines, 
the blocking comes three minutes before you start recording. Wow. Yeah. And it, it, okay. That's an, a bit of an exaggeration, but it, it's exactly opposite. Interesting. So you, I walk into the house. I get the grand tour. I meet a, such a bunch of talented people from beginning to end. That is one thing that if I ever do this again, I'll, I'll never be able to duplicate that, that crew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that the, there's, if, if there is a season two, and that's a big if, somebody's going to be busy on another job because that's what these people do. Right. Right. That, 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 this is me going and doing it and, and getting paid a little bit of money to be a Mennonite. But this is what they, people, these guys do. And they go from one job to the next, to the next. I thought I was talking to 40 year olds when I was typing emails to them in December. Most of them are in their twenties. Yeah. Like 24, 26, 25 years old. Like, cow. And they're all so talented. They all do acting and singing, but in this case, they're the crew. Right. There was one, there was one of the uh, script directors that also acted in a couple episodes and directed a couple episodes and she was COVID protocol and she was continuity and Keanu was just simply amazing. But, but the entire crew was just, wow. You go to a theater and you're getting ready for a play. You walk in, you check your costume. You make sure there's no rips, make sure there's no dust on it. You go backstage, you check the props table. All my props are there and in place. Go out to the stage, make sure that all the presets have been done. You do that. I know you've done that. You don't get to do that. There's somebody to do it for you. That's yeah, yeah, it's a different world, hey. You're you walk in, morning, Lauren. Here's your costume. Hi, Kalinda. Come on in for makeup. Yeah. Um, and and all the set stuff. Lucy was our was our set decorator, uh, director, set director. Wow. Like she just she thought of everything. Need to be cooked food, there'd be cooked food there. Amazing. She, and she was always first one there. Yeah. She was somewhere between quarter after seven and seven thirty. She was arriving. Yeah, and we just come along and we we're supposed to come along, and everything got done for us. It was a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, the the four castmates. I knew one person going into this. Two, if you count Tina. Yeah. But I knew one of the actors because he and I had done some shows, and his sister and I had done quite a few shows you you go in and you block your scene okay so you'll be over here and you're going to cross over here and then they say okay give the set to the uh to the crew and the, the techs come in and they set the lights and put the filters and the cameras put the two where they want them and put the lenses in that they need okay and if you need to go and change in that time that's when you go and change okay and, and you come down to this thing and all right can we have the actors in we may do one practice run through if there's some complication, complicated uh, blocking, or if there's food involved. Often we do a because you can't say your line with a mouthful of cabbage borscht. <laughs> <laughs> Not on camera, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and, and you do the scene two, three, four, five times. Okay, and then they say okay give the set to the techs again, clear the set. The techs move in for what they call detail. 
and uh, you do the scene three, four, five times again. Oh. And that's where they're getting the close-ups, right? Oh. And then, and then they all edit it out. And then uh, when you're done, if you're done in the living room, then uh, you may go to the kitchen because that's the next one. Or if there's another one in the living room, it's just a different time of day or right, a different right. day altogether. Yeah, yeah. You block that. Okay. Cameras are going to be in a different location. We run upstairs. We change our costumes if that's what we need to do. Touch up our makeup if that's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, go and grab a glass of water. Scroll the phone for a little while. Because you haven't, because it's not like rehearsals. You don't have it in your hip pocket. Right. So, yeah, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. It was more fun than I can ever put into words, frankly. I believe and, you. And a lot of it comes from just the people that you're with. And you've done theater, so you, yeah. we're a we're a strange bump bunch, you know. Well, and, and all and all of our bums tingle. <laughs> all of our yes, there's a lot of bum tingling going on because you're working oh. together to create something really special. Like it's right. you're building and creating and and something that wasn't there before. And and there's you're being vulnerable in a sense that you know, like giving of yourself. So there's a lot exactly. of exactly. Yeah, totally. It was there. Were, we became the four main characters: myself, uh, Erna Peters, Kenton Dick, and Victoria Exconde played the four main characters. We became family. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was easy. Uh, Victoria, I still call Maria. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'll have a tough time not calling her Maria the next time I run into her. But case in point, she's a hired gun, right? Like she'd never done a television sitcom before but while we were doing the sitcom she was going to fame rehearsals and she's performing it tonight in your town at oh, the wow. gaslight yeah yeah okay she's amazing that's that's she's cool incredible yeah um the whole story was about the idea of, of a, a mennonite guy marrying a filipino wife bringing her to winkler and there's where the comedy starts right because right they're going to move into mom and dad's house. Uh, Sarah and Hank, very conservative, um, but not over the top conservative. Um, Mennonites who have a set way of doing things. Now, not that other people don't have a set way of doing things. Yeah. A lot of Mennonites things are just a, a little bit unique. Fair. The same as, the same as a, if you had a family, a Scottish people. They oh, would yeah. have some traditions that perhaps they brought from the old country, blah, blah, blah. It's it's the, not clash, but it's the counter action of two cultures. Um, and the surprising stuff that you find, well, that, that, that's kind of similar. We have a similar process. We just yeah. say it differently. Right. Um, it's funny. That's, it's funny. I'm excited um, to see it. The, the So am I, because I haven't got a clue. That was another huge difference. And, and yeah. those of us that have done theater love comedies because you get that instant feedback from the audience. That's right. That one, that one died. You know, you don't even realize that you're getting it until you're on a set and you're not. I That's mean, right. the crew will titter after the guy says cut. But halfway through that, there's a funny spot that nobody can laugh at. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's what kind of feeds you like on the stage. That's what kind of feeds you, you the know, energy. Yeah, but for the, sure. But within the 
cast and crew, and, and I'll always say cast and crew because it wasn't just the cast. It wasn't just the four of us and the extras that came on, although there were some great people that I met that that they're friends now. They're, yes. they're friends for life. I mean, anytime I run into that girl that played Tina, um, her and I have made a Verdon connection. She knew people from Verdon from way not long after they moved away, but they used to live in Verdon. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know them because it's Verdon. You know everything, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the cast and crew gave off such an energy. You could get there at eight o'clock in the morning and you go all day. You have, a, you have a half an hour, 45 minutes for lunch. And if you're not in the scene that's currently being done, you're off someplace else. Just scanning the lines. Yeah, You're not leaving the house. You're just being quiet because when they say quiet on the set, they mean it yeah for sure like no coughing no whispering because the sound guy hears everything <laughs> he oh, yeah. hears every so it's kind of fun when you know you're waiting to go on and you know you're lot you know your mic is live and they're just talking about the certain angle that they want this camera to get and and the sound man's just standing there with his boom like this and you whisper get that fucking boom in the air because <laughs> he hears the slightest tiniest whisper so you're energized all day you could be there till five o'clock you not once do you feel oh it's been a long day right right you get in your car you start your drive back to the place where you're staying in the city you're two miles away from the set and it hits you like i am whipped for sure and it, for sure every single day as soon as the energy people go away yeah and you're by yourself you're tired now you realize just I, I guess i i did work hard today yeah because you're giving I up yourself i didn't lift a finger yeah but i worked hard hell yeah hell yeah so we we did that for nine weeks in the city um and then we said goodbye to it of course that's emotional because mm -hmm. that's been home like you've gone there every yeah. day that's been home and so they're going around the speech like we're not done we still have a week of remotes going and i'm standing next to maria and how big is the lump in your throat My, i said mine's about fist size right now <laughs> I, I i walked around the house we're taking down the pictures oh yeah we're taking down two pictures of my parents their 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 engagement picture and i think it was their 40th wedding anniversary we're, we're taking down photos off the wall yeah. we took down my mom's parents the big big ass took that down wow um and then you're loading up all the costumes that you won't need because we've got seven more days and she's keeping what she needs yeah. so here's the rest okay then we came out to winkler and did the last week we did it we did a him sing at the Fort Gary Mennonite Church in Winnipeg. And then we did, uh, we did a, a, they call it a Schwinia Schlacht here. It's pig butchering. Oh, And okay. it still happens where they'll, five families will bring five pigs. They'll slaughter them, hack it up and make sausage and share the meat. And that's your meat. Yeah. Um, we did a, uh, a, a thing at the Altona MCC store. Now that was, away from Winkler, but we just called it that. And we did it there because it was Canada's first 
MCC store was Elton. Oh, cool. Yeah, right on. N not the original. They've they've done it up. Apparently, it's really nice. Yeah. I don't know what MCC stores are supposed to look like. I've been in a couple, but yeah. They're just an empty room with lots of clothes and dishes and stuff. We we did we finished up uh at, at what was a goat farm. It wasn't a goat farm, it used to be a dairy farm. Uh, and it's a friend of mine. So he and I have done a ton of theater. Yeah. And, and so we just visited off to the side because I, that was on the Friday. I wasn't shooting on the Friday, but I was there. And that's that's not usual. I needed to be there for the closure. On the Thursday was yeah. both Erna and Mai's, Mai's last day uh, of shooting. Yeah. Um, we finished it at the Winkler Arts Center. We were having a Filipino festival. So there was a ton of extras and bright blues and yellows and reds of the of the Filipino flag, people wearing costumes. It was just a, a huge day for Hank Friesen. It was 13 hours on a concrete floor and dress shoes. Uh, <laughs> I just felt like I'd been at a freaking trade show all day. I was exhausted. I guess. <laughs> but I knew it was my last day of shooting. So there's emotion number one. Can yes. You? We'll put that there, and I, I I knew the order of the scenes, even though we're shooting out of order. I I knew that not only we were going to be there all day, which was an extremely long day. Most yeah. days were seven to eight hours, and we were out. Yeah, this was a huge long day, drawn out. Um, so we so we have the last scene that we're going to do. The last scene that we're going to do happens to be what you'd call it, like a kind of a fulcrum point for Hank. Oh, okay. Um, and and it was it was an emotional scene. Um, it was also the very last scene of the day. And to top it all off, it was the scene that I auditioned auditioned. Oh with. wow! Holy crap! And but now I understand what I'm reading. Yes, because it's it's in here. And, and how much of the episode that was mostly recorded at the house in Winnipeg because it's it's out of uh episode nine okay uh it, it was mostly recorded at the house in Winnipeg but it's come full circle yeah. what I read and read in six different ways to try and make this guy happy and thought I'd failed um now I had to now I had to read it in in, in a manner I'm not going to give you any spoilers no but it, no it was supposed to be emotional as I'm reading it, it's I'm supposed to have tears in my eyes and Sarah's supposed to be crying. Uh, we went through it. The director says, cut. The extras had gone home, but there was still all the cast, regular cast, and the crew there. Just started clapping. That's the only time it ever really happened. Like the, everybody just started, and I just looked at Erna and I said, I guess we did good. And she has like tears. <laughs> she goes, We're never going to be able to do that seven times in a row. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I can't and wait. And I look up two, one of the actors and one of the crew, they're done. They're, they're bawling. <laughs> Everybody, as you look around, yeah. has tears in their eyes. Jeez. Okay, so we have to do this again. And we did it again. And yeah. we did it again. Holy Finally, man. Kenton, the kid that played, the guy that played my son, Kenton, a dick comes up and he just gives me a hug and he says, shit, you guys just keep on nailing it and nailing <laughs> it. 
and then, you know, so it's kind of flattering. It wasn't all just what we were doing. It was a combination of knowing this is their last scene. It was everything. Like they knew this. Yeah. And they knew what this moment meant to us. So it meant something to them because sure. we were one big happy family. Yeah. There wasn't one, not one minute that this crew slash cast had a disagreement. Yeah. Not one. Not that I saw. Maybe some of the directors beat the snot out of each other up behind, you know, after all the actors had cleared. No, I, I doubt that that happened. So that was that was a big rush to For do sure. that. Yeah. There's the instant feedback though, right? There's right. there's there's the oh, well shit, I can do that again. Let's let's roll them. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We've had we've had a couple of uh uh um gatherings since then uh we had to meet to do uh, uh one of our the videographer for the show itself is making the bts behind the scenes oh yeah yeah cool so they've got interviews oh that's super super he's he's got he's got scenes of rehearsals and scenes of some of the shooting i and love at it yeah he's got a he's got a uh denouement uh where we're all alone and we're just answering oh, questions i love and that i love that yeah the 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 attention to detail on a company like ode productions was amazing paul platt had never done anything like to this magnitude and paul platt's that's what he does he makes films that's shorts and weird. stuff and he's even done some features but never an episodal right okay episodic a yeah. tv show um Orlando uh, Braun is the uh, not Orlando Bloom. Orlando I snooped Braun. him out on Facebook, actually. Yeah, he's he. I mean, they're all brilliant, but he is. He'd be, I guess, the executive producer. Oh, okay. And he also directed a couple of episodes, and he's just fun. Like he's he looks just fun. Yeah, always wears a bow tie. Yeah. In fact, uh, the first episode that he directed uh, on the last day, we all showed up wearing bow ties. I love it. It was fantastic. That's great. <laughs> um so we we uh he, we were talking he was there we were we were wrapping up what we needed to wrap up and he was there for the last day at the house and of course he rubs elbows with some pretty heavy hitters this guy yeah. he uh he shared with us at the morning meeting that people in the business have been coming up to him and saying a company of this size has no business doing what you're doing. Like, it's amazing that you've even wanted to because the budget was pretty small. Yeah. There was, there's no budget. Um, we just didn't even think of that. So how because... did your friend get it going? Like, that's what I'm like. So she wrote, like getting the idea and then doing it and then getting it picked up. Like, how did that happen? That's a million dollar question. And I really don't know the ins and outs. Long story, yeah. quite short. They contacted Yes TV, which is a cable network out of Burlington. It's a family faith station. Okay. And a lot of the show, because it's about a Mennonites and Filipinos, yeah. it, it has some underlying faith issues. Not overwhelming. It's not preachy. It's a comedy. But yeah. there's always that thing that, that God is a part of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... They picked it up, and I don't know if somebody had contacts or if it was Orlando or if 
was Paul or Tina. I didn't ask. I, I didn't think it was um, any of my business. No, but I think and, it's and besides just... which I've never done anything to this size before. So I don't really give a crap how this happened because I still can't believe in myself that it's happening. Yes. But I just think it's so fantastic that your friend had the vision, had the idea, wrote it, created it, and then made it happen. Like big kudos. I think that's well, super. yeah. She she and Paul uh, uh, Hazel Wallace was another one because we needed both Mennonite and Filipino background. So Hazel yeah. Wallace and uh, Alec Carlo, um, they they did all the writing. And then they shared it all by Zoom because it was right in the middle of COVID when all of this was being written. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, and and where there were moments that needed to be not exact, but they needed to reflect a, a, a Filipino tradition. Yeah. Well, we had Hazel and Alex there to, to have that input. When the Mennonite traditions, you know, and how they were going to mix those and how this was going to be the main plot line, but there's two other little plot lines that are going right. on and how they were going to match up. That was those four. That's Did they cool. have input from others? I guess so. Yeah. Matt Falk, um, who I know you must have heard of Matt Falk. He's a comedian, lives in Niverville. Uh, no, but He's I might have heard him. Okay. He's flipping hilarious. He was, he did comedy punch-ups. Okay. Um, I had met Matt before and he actually came to set a couple of the days too. He's, and he's done theater and he's has, he's had a, a sitcom that he recorded. I never saw it. And apparently it didn't really take off, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. But he is funny. So he helped even on set. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of times that he would go and he came to me a couple of times and said, when you're doing this, try not to titta and do that. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I've done, I don't even know how many shows I've done like theater wise. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere more than 150, but yeah. probably not, probably not 200. Um, I, I know a lot of stuff just by school of hard knocks, but somebody that you just have 20 seconds of conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can do that. That's so super. You always learn. And I, I, it's a shame that not more people do it. Yeah. Because some people just got that real. I couldn't possibly. But You're... like you, I can grab a piece of paper in front of an audience and have bullet points and talk like, how long have we been talking? <laughs> an hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's mostly been me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's the whole reason. Like, I mean, I think that. Again, like I told you before, the reason why I was so keen to have you on this show is that our lives go like that. It's like like this and five years is gone. And there's so many of us that think, oh, shit, I would really like to do such and such. or I really have such and such a love of hobby or whatever. And then before you know it, years have passed and you haven't done it. But you have been doing it for years and years and years, doing stuff, doing the stuff. And now look at like, I mean, one more thing that you're doing, which you're not doing for the money for the accolades, but just because it's just super fun. It's super fun. The, yeah. the money made it possible for me to take yeah. off from work. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm not further ahead in paying down my visa. So it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where it will take you though, right? It's a, it's, well, and, and yeah. I've, I've, I've done, there's a guy in town here. 
um, who contacted me in January wanting to be a part of the project. He used to live in the Philippines. He did had his own company there for 35 years. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, you got to talk to Tina. So I gave Tina his contact information and yeah. turned out, I mean, the guy's just overqualified. Like he owned his own film company. But as, when I was finished, I helped, um, before I was finished, he wanted to do this short. And I said, well, I can't. He says, well, do you know anybody that, I said, well, I would ask this guy. And then there's a couple of people. Um, I'll ask if it's okay to give your contact info. Yeah. And, and he cast it and, and he did this little short. He had a two short festival. Oh, that's great. One night only that I yeah. couldn't attend because it was my girlfriend's daughter's birthday. And yeah. hey, we have a thing that we do on everybody's birthday. And it, it doesn't include going to that because yeah, they right. don't want to see it. So sorry. Yeah. Yep. But I've had a conversation with him and, and uh, I helped him a couple of Sundays ago. We went over to the bar across the street here and did a, uh, I literally had one line um, and we did a scene from a short that he's doing. And and interesting different ways that he records. Cool. You know, he's very small budget, like yeah. none. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> and and the and the crew that we didn't have that day, it was just he and I there that day. The crew is a volunteer. Yeah. And they're trying to build the Pemina Valley Film Club, which is oh, kind of cool. cool. Sure it is. Um, yeah. The, just to get he says, you know. I could go to Winnipeg and there's lots of spots, but it's expensive there. Like literally, I don't know if you've ever been to Morden and walked around it. There's probably 20 places in Morden where you could shoot a scene and sell it off as, you know, Central Park. Yeah, or, it's a nice town. It, it's a great town. It's yeah. fantastic. So that's kind of exciting. And learning a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I'm back talking to Richard. Uh, although he's been busy uh, the other day he became a grandpa yeah <laughs> so he's he's busy as it is he's always got three or four productions on the go but that's amazing I just sent him a text and said happy congratulations grandpa I'll talk to you soon <laughs> um, but the weird things that's happening now is well I'm like I'm getting asked to do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> me I'm going to make you famous, Chuck. If the, if oh, the good, TV good, good, doesn't good. work out, I'll make you famous. <laughs> and if it does, you can bill me. <laughs> Hell no, I'll pay you. <laughs> um, I, I've been asked by uh, the activities director at one of the senior residences here in Morden to come in for a Q&A uh, yeah. in mid-May. Sure. Because a lot of them know me because they've seen me doing oh, yeah. countless stage stuff in Morden and Winkler and and Manitou and, and wherever. Um, and then the craziest thing, uh, a high school, a grade 12 student got my cell number from uh, a, a fellow from city hall. Um, she's the junior representative uh, on the city council and she's running a uh, lunchtime um, Q and a kind of a, oh. uh, for the kids that's, just, that's you awesome. talk for an hour and she adjudicates it yeah and, and, you, know, you want me talking to high school students <laughs> sure like i remember what i was like in high school students and i sure as hell wouldn't want to listen to somebody like me no <laughs> they'd be thrilled like i mean again like you're giving people hope you know follow your dreams and do the shit well that that's the happy. whole thing 
do, yeah. do what makes you happy. And, exactly. and don't think that you have to decide what that happy is coming out of grade 12. That's right. Because a lot of people that go into grade 12, go into the first year of university are, are they're taking nothing credits just to get credits to find out yeah. what they want to do. Exactly. Which is, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's got to be expensive. Yeah. You know? And yeah, not yeah. every family is able to do that. Um, I, I, that was that was the, a big surprise that somebody from the high school wanted me to come and talk to her peer group and some of these peer group people I've done shows with. So yeah, get Chuck. So this, are you this, are you realizing how like how inspiring this is for other people? I I, I guess so. I, I guess so, and I'm glad. You know, I, yeah, I was pretty damn inspired myself. So. I'm I'm glad that somebody else thinks it's cool. Uh, there's there's many people out there just shake their heads at me like I don't know why you do that. Oh, there's all like I mean it doesn't matter what we do in life. There's always going to be people that haters gonna head. hate. Haters gonna hate. What did yeah. you? Here's here's a question. I'll I'll let you pick the way you answer it. So what did? Tell me about maybe a way that you grew as a person or something that you learned about yourself or something a big takeaway from the whole experience uh geez i i learned that there's different ways to do things yeah as i, as I mentioned yeah um i i watch television programs and, and movies differently interesting well you know when you're watching a play and i'm watching the people in the background yeah. because i've directed this play and i know what i would have had oh that's the well now it's like okay that's a cool shot over his shoulder. I and, love it. And 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 they and I learned that they call that a dirty. If, oh, you know, if the, if the frame comes in and catches, a, it's a little dirty. Uh, you know what, what my mom would say was something a dirty was something else. If my mom, yeah, would. well, that's why <laughs> that's why your mom and I get along so well. Because <laughs> you, you know, uh, I I learned that okay, taking off the microphone pack and and the lapel mic at the end of the day is is called. Okay, I'll pull your wire. Okay. Come on. You tee it up like that. All I want to do is <laughs> knock it over the fence. I know. <laughs> right? You're making this easy. <laughs> um, I learned I learned that, that film is a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. And I learned that there's different stresses, but they come all at once. Like when you're in a show or you're directing it, or or what have you you're backstage and 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 you're you're thinking things what's going to happen blah 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 when you're sitting on the set they're doing they're getting ready for the set the scene you're about to shoot you're thinking about the next one oh you're you're you're, you're not you're not really listening to that because i got that okay. all i gotta go out and say blah 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 yeah wait for him to say something like blah blah and then uh, she's going to say, ha, and I'm going to go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my load as an actor on stage is often large, uh, whether I have a large part or, or a difficult role to play, or I've got a smaller part or sometimes a larger part, and I'm part of the directing crew. Um, I'm part of working with that or, or what have you with this you're just being paid to be one thing fair that's different just, hey? just do this do your thing that's your thong 
Don't worry about it. Yeah. And and the rest, just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. Be a nice guy. But you know me. Like, I have a sharp tongue. Um, that I'm sure that took people back, you know, because I always got the snappy answer back. I'm a smart ass. You're very it's quick. Yeah. <laughs> Often my mouth is quicker than my brain. My brain oh. is saying, hold it just a damn. Yeah. Uh, you and everything. me both. Yeah. <laughs> I've written some apology letters in my day from my drama productions. <laughs> right. You know, you, you, you just, so I, I, I learned, I learned that about myself. I learned that I can drive in the city because I had to. Yeah, I hate. Did that? Did that bother you before? Like, wasn't your? Um, if if Aaron and I go to the city, we will. I will often drive. Yeah, get to Old Bluff, okay, pee break, and maybe have a smoke. But she always drives in the city. Yeah, yeah. There's been a couple of exceptions, but if that's the case, she's in the passenger seat and she's like, uh, the crew chief in Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s ear. <laughs> Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta laugh, come out at 1.2, Um, I learned that I could do that. Yeah. Good for you. Semi-confidently because yeah. if I knew I had to drive city, especially if I had to go to a meeting downtown. Oh yeah. I, I would, I would have anxiety the day before I would barely sleep the night before. And I know how lame that sounds. But no, we no, all no. Have our shit. Hey, that I'm glad that you spiders. shared that. Hey. I'm glad that you shared that because like you say, everybody has their shit and I'm like driving and bothers me a lot. Now being on a highway bothers me a lot. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. See, it's. I can just yeah. get on the highway and cruise. Doesn't bother me at all. Well, it, but if yeah. I was driving in the city and a spider went across the dash, I'd probably explode. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no need for spiders. I know there's a need, but I hate them. Yeah. Yeah, they're little bastards. The biggest thing that I learned, though, is I learned how terribly understanding my girlfriend is. Like, no word of a lie. I mean, she's she's used to the idea of me doing theater. Yeah. And like I said, she lost me for June and July because we were so focused on Fiddler and making it so big and so, you know, fantastic. Yeah. But she gets it. We... She and I played Mr. And Mrs. Von Don in uh, Dyer Van Frank. That's where we met. Yeah. Um, funny, funny segue story. They have sound effects in that show. We were about three, maybe, maybe three weeks into rehearsals for Anne Frank. And, and the director was playing some of the sound effects. One of which is the, the bombers flying over. Okay. Bom, bom. And I was standing over here and Erin is sitting over there and she goes, look, mommy, there's an airplane up in the sky. Do you know where that's from? No. That's from Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, okay. Like that's that's <laughs> how Goodbye Blue Sky starts. Right, right. Look, mommy, there's an airplane up in the sky. And I looked at her and I, just, I, I said flat out, I think I just fell in love with you, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, she had a boyfriend and all that, but it was like, very few people know the, the subtleties. Uh, very fewer women tend to know the subtleties of Pink Floyd the Wall. So we we became kindred spirits. Backstage, behind curtain, while the director's introducing opening night, 
agree or disagree that's got to be a person's most vulnerable time yes yeah because you don't know what you've got until you get on the boards and and you do it you think it's funny but are they going to think it's that Hell yeah. you Hell are, yeah. you are, your soul is exposed and you are vulnerable. And she was right beside me on opening night. Forgot to put on my lipstick, like the lip makeup. And I said to Patsy Penner, who was playing Mrs. Frank, I forgot to do my lips. And she gave me this look. You are not going down to the makeup room. Nope, I'm not. Aaron grabbed my face and kissed me. There, you got lips. <laughs> That's the best it thing was, ever. It was it just it broke the tension. But she was there when, as all we were, were nervous, exposed, vulnerable. Right. That's right. I was away. Sunday night, I would drive into Winnipeg. And I spent most of my nights in Winnipeg. We texted, we FaceTimed from time to time, but we didn't see each other. Saturdays became very sacred. Yeah. And and we, she did not ever complain. She understood. She, she was supportive. Well, I'm probably super happy for you. And that's. She was. She still is. Yeah. So that's, she's the right person for you, right? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm done. (laughs) think i'm done i like it i like it uh, it's, it's not it's not very many people that you're she's in her house i'm in mine and we're saying good night and it's love you asshole <laughs> I love it, I love it. and it's legitimate i do love you you are an asshole but you're my asshole so. everybody needs needs an <laughs> asshole to love <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's so, fantastic yeah, I, i've learned quite a bit uh i'm i'm, I'm grateful like yes humbly grateful I, I you know the who oh, the superstar I, you know no i mean thank you because uh, everybody's saying how's the movie star i don't know if i ever see him i'll ask him for you uh you're such a star i'm not even an asteroid you know <laughs> I, i'm still the fat polish guy <laughs> no i'm still chicken man i'm, chicken I'm man. still charlie to my family and chuck to my friends you know yeah um, yeah I I don't feel any different than what I was. And that's magic. Started. I've always been an asshole. <laughs> and we love you. That's why we love you. <laughs> and you know what's going to be so exciting for me to watch this show is a number one because you're in it, which is super exciting. And and like you say, we're all super happy for you. But it's it's a it's a sh- now that I've had the chance to talk to you, it's a show about a family, not just the family that we see in the episode but the larger family of you and your new friends and the crew like that uh, family like that, that to me will be very cool and i'm just so know. sad that you're not going to be able to meet these people on the times that you're watching the show uh because i'll be great. thinking about it yeah they're, no they're it's all great yeah when when i met the majority of them it was uh i want to say it's, it was the 22nd it was just before christmas and we were having a a group read through these people, I was the last one cast. Some of these people were cast in July. Oh, yeah. So they knew each other. I walked in knowing Diddley and walked around. And I, there was a guy, Tim, at the door. And 
I thought Tim was the pastor. Tim was our food service guy. He was there making that day the worst coffee ever. <laughs> worst coffee. And I told him that eventually. I said, Tim, that coffee that you made on that side, that was the shittiest coffee ever tasted. I think I could have used my grounds that are in the bottom of the garbage can and made a better cup. They were just, it was awful. It was just too weak. Um, I, we're, we're going around and I'm, I'm, I knew Kenton and, and I had met Erna now because we'd Zoomed and whatnot, but none of the others. I met the wardrobe person, gave her the, the clothes that she had asked me to bring because it was basically, apparently I'm Hank Friesen. I look at my closet and I think, ah, I got some nice clothes. <laughs> nope, I'm, I got Mennonite, old fat Mennonite clothes. Um, Tim came into, into the sanctuary of the church where everybody was congregating. And he said, and Tim's a very soft-spoken man, but in a loud voice, he says, I am watching friendships forge for yes. life. Yes. Because we're, we're, hey, are you are you playing Angelo? Okay, I'm playing Hank. I'm Chuck. It was, that was a pretty cool day, like meeting all these people. And of course, you're sitting in a in a circle and people are coming in and out as episodes yeah as go from episode two to three and okay uh, cool. that was cool yeah yeah so when is um like okay so when is it being released and are you having like is i know when a movie is released there's like a premiere and like kind of uh, an event like are you having like a an event or doing anything I, when it's released i haven't heard of one um i've, I've heard a lot of them being planned yeah, uh, I was talking to some of my friends that I that I still know up in Russell, uh, and and he's planning an event. Oh and, hell yeah! And the, there will be copious amount of uh, Gibson's finest and uh, probably uh, Labatt's blue beer. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. He's planning an event to have a few people over. Um, we the the we talked about it during the uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, supper that i actually got to eat about maybe you know having a screening of episode one at the kenmore here where in oh, yeah. in morton where richard yeah. owns it and it has a, a or we could do it at the opera house and we could use yeah. a screen there too um i there's been there's been people that are living out in alberta that i know and from back home they're planning you know gatherings I love it. I hope it doesn't suck. It's not going <laughs> to suck. Are you kidding? It's going to be great. Like I said, um, like Dan Levy, like eat your heart out, man. Like there's a new Levy. man in town. What? You know, like, where's Dan Levy come from? I, Eugene from Levy, I could see. Well, no, Shit's Creek. <laughs> I know, but I'm Eugene's age. Dan's but a kid. You're still sexy like Dan, though. Oh, geez. You just need Christ. new glasses. <laughs> well, or not at all. Yeah, Hank there. wears no glasses. Oh, okay. There you go. So I, I that's another thing I learned. I can wear daily wear or single use contacts. I can okay. wear them all day. Yeah. I hadn't done it in a long, long time. I always use contacts for theater. Yeah. That's the only reason I buy them. So yeah. when I find when I phone the optometrist for a box, she goes, Oh, you got a show coming up. Yep. <laughs> that's great. And then when I ordered a box of, of instead of a, a box of 40, I, I ordered a box of 150. What the hell yeah. have you got planned? <laughs> doing a tv show <laughs> that's great so yeah that was that was something that was different going that is know, super cool wore wore a ring that left i still have it 
I, I kept my my Hank Friesen ring. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So it comes out in the fall sometime. Comes out in right? September. It'll be all over Facebook. It will be. Um, like uh, between myself and what I'll be posting and what I'll be sharing with the Maria and Menno's uh, website. Um, yeah. The, if if you miss it, you're not on Crackbook enough. Um, well, I live to that. I would, to that, I would commend them. But I will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I will share share it as much as I can. Yeah, you'll definitely know. Yeah, yeah. I live on. I live on Facebook, and then I'm gonna need some advice down the road because I'm. Well, I'm writing a book right now, but I'm writing. Well, I'm writing two screenplays, and I'm. I've got one that is a very special project. It's 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 about dementia, but it's kind of a fun. It's a fun adventure. Indiana Jones dementia. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's fun to make things that aren't fun fun. Yeah, you remember Spot? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, when Spot passed away, um, his twin Brad right um, phoned me and said, "I know this should be me, but I can't do this. You need to say the eulogy." Yes, and you would be good at that. Uh, it was the toughest job i've ever had but it was also the greatest honor oh hell yeah hell yeah um so a catholic church that's packed and i have to you know me i'm not going to sugarcoat shit no i am a church i am a church so the stories that i have to say the, the the words that i have to use need to reflect who spot was yeah in a respectful manner yeah because maybe grandma Zelinsky over there doesn't know about, <laughs> about us, so you don't you know. fair spot's mom came up to me afterwards and she said you made what was bound to be a terrible day yeah a fun one yeah good for you and i'm good so for you. glad that you and that was you know meanwhile i'm i'm, I'm handing her I, I don't even have a copy of the eulogy i gave it to her yeah, good for you. Good for you. Like, like so much. You helped him so much. Well, and it was fun remembering, you know, all the stupid nicknames, for instance, you know, but yeah. Spot was Spot. Yeah. Because Stripe just didn't seem to fit, you know. <laughs> You're the uh, best. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to do something about dimension and yet have an indiana jones with a little with a little it's really little... different yeah it's a really different concept and idea uh but i was thinking about it when when uh when i would visit dad in the home so i gotta i gotta put it together and then i gotta figure out how to get it released somehow so wow yeah. well i'm now i'm over the moon interested and curious so yeah, yeah. i'm excited Any, yeah I, I probably am not the guy to ask for advice but i know people I know people. <laughs> you are the absolute best. Well, Chicken Man, it has been an absolute Hour honor. And a half, man, tell your husband I'm sorry. Oh, he's used to it. He's probably glad to get rid of me for a while. <laughs> quiet upstairs. I can watch TV. I know. Oh, for God's sake! Finally, she's leaving. Well, you haven't met. Thank me you for I inviting can... me. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was exactly as I expected. We, yes. we both sit here flying by the seat of our pants, bullshitting to our heart's content. I love it. And we Just need like to it do was this. 40 years ago. Yeah, we need to do it more often. That is for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm always doing shows. 
But you know what? There's a highway between you and me, and I can't get on that goddamn thing. You have a husband? It's getting on the highway. I almost got run over by a semi-truck a a number of years ago, and it's ruined me. I remember you saying that on on your Facebook Yeah, Yeah, it's ruined me. I'm getting better, but it's a hit and miss. In the winter, never. Never in the winter. So you've got, like, serious perimeteritis. And it's it's not because I it's just the highway. It's just the, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the fear of getting outside onto the highway. Yeah, and it's being on it's being on the on the being around the trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Should you decide to come, do not take 75, even though yeah. it's four lane. Even though it's four lane, it's it's very heavy truck traffic, and yeah. the road bed road bed is iffy at times. Yeah. There's a new highway from Oak Bluff to Carmen. And if you've made it to Carmen, you're like 20 minutes, 25 minutes away. Yeah, that's true. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy peasy. Don't make me come there and get you. Because if you, I'm doing a show, I, I don't have time. That would never <laughs> happen anyway. You'd never. You'd never <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much, my friend. I'm nothing but proud of you and impressed, inspired and all this stuff. Because there, I bet you that there are... There are a ton of people out there who will never, you will never hear from or never know about who are watching your journey and thinking, shit, I gotta, I can get out there and do my stuff, whether it's whatever it is. I work work with a lot of young kids Yeah, and and helping them. And when you see talent and you recognize it. Yeah. And I always say, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. And just have fun. Take a chance. Don't be in don't be me and saying i wish i would have yeah yeah so, like because i wish i would have taken this theater thing a lot more serious and 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 moved to vancouver when i had it in my head that i should go and do this and i didn't but there's still time you are manitoba's morgan freeman because he didn't start <laughs> his his career until later on right well it's funny you say that because that's the that's the example i used to Aaron. like Morgan Freeman, Freeman didn't do shit until he was in his fifties. Yeah, I mean, so he there did you go. stuff. He was in, he was on the electric company. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's still lots and lots of time. Uh, I'm I'm no Morgan Freeman, but thank you for the comparison. That's very kind. <laughs> but yeah, do it. Do it. I, I tell I tell young kids that all the time, and some of them have. Some of it. them actually. One of them is he's taking a year off but he he works celebrations all the time oh, and he's awesome. freaking good that's and he excellent. actually played dan levy's role in schitt's creek <laughs> <laughs> that's great I love he killed it. it and he I killed it. it i hadn't seen him forever so it was, it was good for all of us to go and see brandon and then uh, i think he was mildly surprised and happy that we were there and that's we had super. a great chat afterwards that's super that's super so yeah. joe do it do it. Do all the stuff, right? Do all the stuff. Do all the stuff. Do all the Hire stuff. Hire a limo. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you got to live stream your play. <laughs> we have done. It's not. It's got to be seen in person. You know. That, that is person. true. That is true. Yeah. Well, it's okay. been an hour and a half and I can't give that back to you, but I'm sure glad you took my hour and a half because this has yeah. been a blast. This was so fun. This was so, so fun. Yeah. Thank you very much for everything and we'll keep in touch. My pleasure. And I'll be watching that show for sure. Yep. Adios. Okay. See you later, man. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.
and Chuck is gone, but I have to close the show out anyway. Chuck, you're a freaking rock star and loved, loved having you on the show. So as I close out every show, buy somebody a coffee, pay somebody a compliment, go live your dreams, do the shit that makes your bum tingle, makes it tingle, lights it on fire. Life is in a dress rehearsal. Have a good one, you guys. Bye-bye.